I don't worry and I don't fret. My God, He's never failed me yet. Troubles come from time to time, but that's all right. I'm not the worrying kind because it's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. It's gonna be worth every long mile, every heartache and every trial. It's gonna be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. Some folks wonder how I can smile, even though I'm going through trial. How can I have a song when everything is going wrong? I don't worry and I don't fret. My God, He's never failed me yet. Troubles come from time to time. That's all right, I'm not the worrying kind because it's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. It's gonna be worth every long mile, every heartache and every trial. It's gonna be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. The job was sick all oh, so long till the flesh fell from his bones. His wife, cattle, and children. Everything that he had was gone. But Job in his despair, he knew that God still cared. Lonely days and sleepless nights, Job said, honey, that's all right because it's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. It's gonna be worth every long mile, every heartache and every trial. was sick all so long till the flesh fell from his bones his wife cattle and children everything that he had was gone but job in his despair he knew that god still cared lonely days and sleepless nights job said honey that's all right because it's gonna be worth it all it's gonna be worth it all love him let's praise him hallelujah 12 
Psalms chapter 51 and verse number 12. Verse number 12 begins reading, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. I want to minister to you tonight on this subject. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Would you ask God to speak to our hearts? God, we're so thankful, Lord, for what we feel. The anticipation, the excitement, dear God, that's in the air. God, the hungry hearts that are present here tonight, God, that have ventured out on this Friday night, dear God, to hear from you. Dear God, we know, Lord, this may be considered the world's night, but being a Friday night, but dear God, we want you to know this is your night in this place, and God, we want you to do whatever you want to do in this building tonight. God, take your already anointed word, and God, anoint us to minister your word tonight and your congregation to hear, Lord, that they may understand and comprehend your word. Dear God, that it would touch sinners and backsliders and saints alike. God, and we'll leave this place glorifying and praising and magnifying and worshiping you. Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost tonight, Lord. Baptize somebody in your name. Let somebody come to know you in a great way in the name of Jesus Christ. Could we praise him for what he's going to do? Hallelujah. Could we praise him all in advance for what he's going to do? Would you go ahead and picture in your mind what you want and just thank him for it right now? I believe everybody here tonight could agree with me when I would say that the world that we're living in is a pleasure-seeking society. It is a joy-seeking society. You travel the interstates and highways as much as I do, you uh, quickly discover that it really doesn't matter the time of the year, but uh, motor homes of all shapes and sizes, trailers of all shapes and sizes are on the road. People going every which direction, trying to find some excitement here, trying to find some excitement there. Looking for a thrill, trying to find a bigger ski slope, better water slide, just something to make it more exciting, more thrilling. A bigger park with a, with a faster roller coaster and a, and, and, and a faster swing, just something to bring a thrill to their heart. And they, they've tried everything in the book to, to prompt this. Drugs has played a very important role. As, uh, as man has tried to find a high on drugs and hallucinate by that, looking at streetlights, watching them turn from purple to pink to, to, to amber and all other colors, trying their dead level best to find some world out there that is filled with joy. While the alcoholic hangs over the bar tonight, he's looking for, for some joy and some excitement. The world's idea of joy is I really don't care how I'm made happy, just so I'm happy. I don't care the price tag that's on it, just so I can feel happiness. I don't care how long it lasts, just so I can momentarily, for a season, be happy and have joy in my heart. But the Christian's idea is totally different from that of the world. The Christian says, I can only be made happy one way. There's only one way that I can find complete peace and joy and satisfaction, and that is in the God of my salvation. 
Believe it or not, tonight, friend, we're having more fun right here uh, in this church, in this sanctuary, in this edifice than any alcoholic will have in Hutchison tonight leaning over a bar. We'll have more happiness in this place tonight than any dope addict trying to shove a needle in his vein or pop a pill tonight. We got more thrill in this place tonight than whatever they're doing in some basketball arena trying to bounce a ball on a hardwood floor trying to hit a little old silly circle with a net on it because we know what the true meaning and definition of real genuine joy is. It's experienced in the God of our salvation. The world's joy is but for a moment. It only lasts for just a few fleeting seconds and then it's gone. His high is for a moment and then he hits the ground in a crash. The alcoholic only enjoys his drunken stupor for a moment and then he wakes up with his head aching and his belly grumbling and hurting on the inside. But I want you to know what you will feel in a genuine expression and feeling of salvation will last when the moon shines and the sun glows. It'll last when the storms gather and the wind blows. It'll last in all kinds of weather and difficulty because God's joy is not determined by circumstance. It is not determined by events, but God's joy lasts with an endless succession of joy and happiness and bliss because there is genuine joy in salvation. The wise man, the wisest man that ever lived, ever before him or ever after him, he wrote the book of Song of Solomon as a young man. He wrote it carefree. He didn't have a care in the world. He, he, he was excited about living. The Song of Solomon is the story of Solomon searching for himself a bride. As he sings to her his love songs and, and he promises her that he's going to take her back to the palace where that he lives. But then when you read the story in the book of Proverbs, you read not the story of a young man anymore, but you read the story of a middle-aged man that has settled down to, to the principles of living. In the book of Proverbs, he writes the values of living, the principles and guidelines to, to living in this world. He's not the carefree lover that he was in the book of Song of Solomon. But then when you read his story in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's the story now not of a young man nor of a middle-aged man that writes the principles of living but it's the story of an old man that looks back over his life and searches out what all he's accomplished he said I tried wine and it was vanity of vanity and vexation of spirit he said I tried commerce I put boats on the sea and it was vanity of vanity and vexation of spirit he said I tried money and it was vanity of vanity and vexation of spirit but I I want you to know when it comes to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes he says remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth what Solomon was saying he said I've been a young man that's went on the wings of my youth I've been a middle aged man that wrote the principles of living but I found no joy in anything I've ever done the only place I found true and lasting joy was in the God of my salvation. Search the four corners of the world over. Go to the furthest spot and you'll come back with this conclusion. There's joy only in one place and that's in an old-fashioned experience of old-fashioned Bible salvation. Go to
the beautiful Tiger Bomb Gardens of Singapore and I've seen it and you'll come back and still say that there's more joy in the salvation of God. Look at the beautiful meadows of Auckland, New Zealand. Christ Church, New Zealand, Dunedin, New Zealand. The beautiful rolling pastures of the north and the south island of that country and you'll come back with the conclusion that there's still joy in the God of our salvation. Look at the beautiful setting sun as it sets across the great continent of Australia in all of its glory but there's still more joy in the God of our salvation. Look at the beautiful sights of Honolulu, Hawaii or the beautiful shores of Fiji or the setting sun of Manila and you'll still have to arrive at one conclusion. There's joy in one place. That's an old-fashioned experience of repentance. An old-fashioned experience of water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. There's joy in the God of our salvation. You can't find joy in any other. You can't find joy any other place because joy and salvation go together. You can't separate joy from salvation. You can't separate salvation from joy. Wherever you find true joy, you're going to find true salvation. Wherever you find true salvation, you're going to find true joy. When anytime anybody gets real, genuine, Bible salvation, there's going to be an expression of happiness and joy there. Anytime anybody's got real joy bubbling on the inside of them, you can be well assured that they have found real, genuine, wine Bible salvation because joy and salvation go together. Romans 14 and 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy and salvation go together. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 8, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. The reason why Peter rejoiced with joy unspeakable was because he'd received the end of his faith, the salvation of his soul. That's the reason why we got a bunch of people that supposedly turn religious. And uh, they, they've come in and they, they've shaken the six-foot icicle's hand in front of the first church of the refrigerator and they can't understand why that, that they don't feel anything. They've put their name on the roster roll and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he died for me. And I accept him into my heart. But they can't understand why that they can't feel any different. They can't understand why that they can't feel any joy or happiness on the inside of them. But let that same card signing, roster signing person come into a true church of Jesus Christ and kneel at an altar of repentance and pour their heart out to God in sorrow before the Lord. And they start rejoicing. They haven't even got baptized yet, but they start rejoicing just in repentance. And then take them from an altar of repentance where they poured their heart out before God and bury them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And they come up out of the water shouting and praising and glorifying God. And then if they've got enough 
faith and laid aside their sin, they ought to start talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them a trance. And then they say, how come we didn't feel this? And our old formal, formal religion, our old cold ritualistic way of worship, I'll tell you why. You never got the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul, because salvation and joy go together. I want somebody to get the end of their faith tonight. The salvation of their soul. Glory, glory. Because joy and salvation go hand and in hand. Get for me the book of Acts. Brother Elder, if you would. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. One Sunday evening, we had a young man. His uh, father had been sent to prison for some very, very horrible things and that had been done. And his wife had been involved in it, but as an innocent party, and she was not held accountable and uh, so they sent him away to prison. They took the children away from her. So it happened to be that they gave the children, or two of the children, to an aunt of the kids that happened to go to our church. He was 14 years old. He'd come several times, and he finally decided this is what he wanted. One Sunday night during song service, he got up out of his pew and walked down the aisle toward the altar. Friend, God can fill people with the Holy Ghost during song service. Whoever said God had to wait till an altar call to give somebody the Holy Ghost? Whoever said we had to wait to a formal invitation for somebody to accept God? If you're hungry for it, friend, just cut loose and come on and get it. He turned loose and came to the altar and threw his hands in the air and started crying and pouring his heart out before God. We had baptized him a couple of Sundays before that. And all of a sudden he got to talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. And he talked for a long time. When he got done, I said, Matt, how do you feel? He looked at me with a great big glow all over his face and he said it like this. He said, I feel good all over here. Friend, I want you to know the joy and salvation go together when you get genuine salvation you're going to feel good all over here 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 because joy and salvation go together somebody says I want your joy but I don't want your salvation sorry honey you can't have my joy if you don't get my repentance I'd like your happiness and peace of mind, but I want it without baptism in Jesus' name. I'm sorry. They're twin sisters. They don't go anywhere apart. If you want my happiness, you've got to get my baptism in Jesus' name. I want your ability to be thrilled and excited and elated, but I don't want to talk in that funny tongue that y'all talk in tongues in. I want you to know if you want my joy, you've got to talk in tongues as the Spirit of God gave you a chance. Because joy and salvation go together. You can't separate it. You can't divide it. You can't pull them apart wherever you find joy. You're going to find salvation. Read for me the book of Acts, chapter 8, Brother Elder, if you would. Verses 5 through 8. Praise God. Philip got a home mission call to go to Samaria and start a church. And when he got down there, he took one message, the only message he knew, and that was to preach Christ unto them. Friend, I want you to know the only message that will still convert the world is Christ. Right. 
We don't need to preach any other fancy message to get the world saved. All we need to do is preach the one message, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and that'll convert the world. Read. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. And when you preach Christ unto the world, when you pour your heart out before them with this one and only message, they will hear you because they're hungry for something more than what they got. Right. You may think they're ignoring you, friend, at work. Do just keep preaching it. Their ears are open. They're hearing it. They're listening to it. They want something that they don't have. Read. Those things which Philip spake hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They heard and saw the miracles that he did. For the unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed. Now when them. Philip got to Samaria, it wasn't no piece of pie. No, sir. I mean, he didn't go in there and, and put up a church and all of a sudden have a crowd overnight. No, sir. When he got down there, I'm telling you, he met with problems. The devil. He met with all kinds of difficulties. When he got to Samaria, the first thing he encountered was unclean spirits. People filled with the devil are the most unhappy people you've ever met in your life. Because the devil is the epitome and the essence of sadness and gloom. He is the whole definition of sorrow. And anybody he feels is full of sorrow and, and depression and despondency. And so the first thing he meets is unclean spirits. Read. And many taken with palsy. And then he got some down there that were just plain old sick people. Sick people are unhappy people. I mean they're miserable people. People that are sick, got ailments in the body. They don't have no joy. There's no happiness there. They're, they're, they're full of depression and sadness and gloom. Read. And the lame were healed. And the lame were healed. The third class of people he met were those that couldn't walk straight. They, they were lame. They had to be carried wherever they went. They were dependent upon everybody else. Unhappy people. I mean, he had his work cut out for them. But he started preaching Christ. He started preaching Jesus Christ. He started preaching salvation. He started preaching repentance. Water baptism. The Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ. Repentance. I mean, he didn't preach a new text every night. He got and preached the same text. He just preached the same thing over and over yeah. and over yeah. and over yeah. again. I think sometimes we ought to preach the same one over and over and over again until we get it and obey it. I believe that. We get off the subject too fast before anybody gets it in their heart. I think sometimes we ought to go back and repeat some of it until we get to obeying the Word of God. Glory. Read. And there was great joy. And there was great joy in that city. When Philip went into Samaria, there was unclean spirits. There were lame people. There were sick people. But when he got done preaching Christ, when he got done preaching salvation, the Bible says there was great joy in that city. Because joy and salvation Go together! 
Verse number 39 of that same chapter, Brother Elder. Acts chapter 8, verse number 39. While Philip was in Samaria preaching the word of God in a red hot revival. I mean, God was pouring out his spirit everywhere. God moves Philip on to another place. He gets him out in the middle of the wilderness and there is the eunuch sitting in his chariot with his scroll rolled out and he's reading it. And Philip says, understandest thou what you read? He said, how can I unless some man explain it to me? Friend, you don't ask a preacher for an explanation unless you want an exegesis. Philip climbed on board and he from that same chapter of Isaiah 53 started preaching Jesus to him. Jesus is in the Old Testament. Right. He got to preaching Jesus to him. He got him all stirred up. He got him all hungry. And then verse 39 happens. 39. Verse number 39, Acts chapter 8. And when they were come up out of the water. And when they were come up out of the water. The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip to another revival. <laughs> Read. That the eunuch saw him no more. That the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on And he way. went on his way thirsty. No, rejoice. He went on his way hungry. No, rejoice. He went on his way looking. Rejoice. He went on his way searching. Rejoice. He went on his way rejoicing when Philip found him he was looking for something when Philip found him he was searching for something but when he got done hearing about salvation he went on his way rejoicing how do you come looking you come searching you come trying to find something get ready God's going to pour out an old fashioned salvation Because joy and salvation go together. It's exciting to be a part of this beautiful salvation because there's joy in it. Hey, this is not legalism. This is not bondage. This is not restriction. This is not restraint. You're looking at the most joyous, happiest people in all your life here tonight. You're not looking at people that's got chains on their arms and, and stocks on their feet. You're not looking at anybody that's shut up in bars tonight. You're looking at people that's got salvation, that's happy that the chains are gone, that's happy that the stocks are gone, that's happy that the bars are open. You're looking at some people that's rejoicing in the God of our salvation. We need the joy of God's salvation restored unto our hearts. We need the thrill of it given back to us. Now there is one old fella that hates, absolutely despises, cannot stand joy. I mean, he does not like it. And the reason he don't like it is he one time knew what it was. Lucifer, the most beautiful cherub that God ever created, walked in the presence of the Lord. And any time you walk in the presence of the Lord, you're going to feel the joy of the Lord. You can't help 
but walk through the presence of God and feel the joy of the Lord. You may be just a visitor to the presence of God, but you'll never be the same, even if you never accept it. Just coming and being where it's at. When you leave, you'll never forget what the feeling was like while you were in it. And Lucifer has never forgotten the feeling of what it was like to walk in the presence of the Most High God. He knew what it was to walk beside of the throne and all of a sudden angelic goosebumps start running up and down his spine until he could just hardly stand there. He knew what it was for the glory of God to walk by and all of a sudden his feet just get something way down on the inside of him and something roll up on the inside of him. He knew what joy was. But because he set himself above God, he was cast out out of heaven and became the prince and the power of the air where he no longer feels the presence of God where no longer he has goosebumps running up and down his spine where no longer he feels the shivers and the move of the presence of God and because he can't feel it he don't want anybody else feeling it Because he can't walk in it no more. He don't want you walking in it. He's come too late. I'm already saturated with it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to breathe it. I'm going to sleep it. I'm going to live it. Because I like the joy of God's salvation. Glory. And so he does everything in his power to stop people from feeling the joy of the Lord. David, he knew what it was to feel real joy, energetic. Now, he didn't know nothing about Acts 2.38. I don't know what we would have done with him if he had been in the book of Acts. But just living in the presence of God, not being filled with it, but just living in the presence of God. He said he felt so good he could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Some of us in the book of Acts don't feel that good. Some of us with New Testament salvation don't feel that great. And then, when the Ark of the Covenant come walking into Jerusalem one day, that was Israel's salvation. Wherever that ark went, walls tumbled, rivers rolled back, victories were won, wars were defeated. And he saw and he saw that thing coming in on the shoulders of the priest. He looked around and all of a sudden he couldn't stand it any longer. He looked at the presence of God sheltered beneath that that cherub, those cherubs that were hovering over that mercy seat. And, and, and all of a sudden something started way down at the bottom of, of David's feet. Now mind you, he hadn't even touched it yet. He just saw it. Some of us think we got to touch it before we can even worship. David just saw it coming in. 
his eyes just got a hold of it. And he was ready to worship and to praise and magnify God. My God, we don't need cheerleaders in Pentecost. We don't need to prime no pumps in an apostolic church. All we need is somebody that just sees him coming in, walking down the aisle, and all of a sudden something starts way down at the bottom of their feet and starts working all the way up their legs until it crawls way up my back. And they say, hey, I can't stand this no more. I got to praise. I got to worship. I got to glorify. I got to magnify. I got to exalt. God, some of us just need to see him coming in. I mean, David is on cloud nine. He is excited. He's elated. He's thrilled. It was after he felt so good that he could run through a troop and leap over a wall. It was after that he danced before the ark with all of his might and promised Michael that he'd be more vile next time. That the devil said, I don't like him feeling like that. I don't like him dancing like that. I don't like him enjoying the salvation of the Lord like that. And so the devil built a balcony and put his own kind of joy on it. And while David was sitting home idle, instead of out fighting like he was supposed to be, the devil got him preoccupied with worldly joy instead of divine joy. The problem with some of us, if we've got preoccupied with some worldly joy instead of divine joy, David knew what it was to have career success. Hey, he was the most successful careersman in the world. Every time he went to battle, he came back victorious. Kings crumbled at his feet. I mean, he knew what the joy of career success was. But when he prays for restoration, he doesn't pray for the joy of fighting the king. He doesn't pray for the joy of career success. He prays for the joy of God's salvation. He knew what it was to have the joy of Bathsheba. But when he prays for real joy, he doesn't pray for the other balcony. He prays for the joy of God's salvation. He knew what achievement was, but he doesn't pray for the joy of achievement. He prays for the joy of God's salvation. Then I want you to know there's nothing on that other balcony that can do you like what's in this building right now. There's nothing on that other balcony that can thrill you like what you're feeling right now in the Holy Ghost. We don't need the other balcony. All we need is an old-fashioned dose of old-fashioned Bible, God-sent, God-given, Calvary-bought, blood-purchased salvation. Glory. That's all we need. The devil will do everything in his power to keep you from feeling the joy of the Lord. I mean, you know, some of us even got our names on our parking spots. 
And if we don't get to park just so many feet from the door, the devil's done robbed us of an, a, half, a, half a year of, of joy. And then there are some that's got their own particular perch that they sit in. I mean, they've almost spiritually got their name written in the padding. I was one place, and my wife sat down in somebody's spot. The first night of revival. It's bad when the evangelist's wife makes somebody mad the first night. I mean, I didn't do it. She did it. You could hear her all the way to the back of the building, the one that she took her spot. Grumbling and complaining because she couldn't sit in her special little spot. I mean, there was a third roll on the other side, but she was so disheartened, she went and moved the second pew from the back. And she sat there all night with her lower lip run out and her arms folded. Looking so mad, God couldn't have touched her if he tried. Because she couldn't sit in her special perch. I mean, we got to sit on the other side of the building. Uh, we, we might get a crook in our neck if we have to turn it another direction. And if the pastor don't shake our hand, before or after service at least, he's done robbed us of a month of Sundays of blessings. And if he don't desert in the spirit that we're sick and come and anoint us with oil, we're not going to feel any joy. Friend, all you're doing is playing into the hands of the one that can't feel it and don't want you to feel it. All you're doing is playing in the hands that once walked in the presence of it but can't do it no more and he's going to do everything he can to rob you of a blessing. I want you to know the Holy Ghost is just as real in the front pew as it is on the back pew. It's just as real in the third pew as it is on this side. It's just as good in the middle as it is in the back. It's just as good in the back as it is in the front. God doesn't specialize in positions. God specializes in somebody that's hungry to be touched by God. I refuse to let my perch have anything to do with it. I refuse to let my parking place have anything to do with it. I refuse to let the other balcony have anything to do with it. I refuse to let the devil rob me of the Holy Ghost apostolic joy. I'm going to have joy in the salvation of my God. He can't feel it. And he don't want you feeling it. And he's going to do everything within his, his power to rob it away from you. But David, he turns around and he doesn't ask for joy at first. You know what David asked for? David, first of all, prays in verse number 10. Before he ever asked for joy, 
He prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You see, you can't feel the joy of God's salvation as long as you've got a bad spirit and a wrong heart. But if you get the right kind of spirit and the right kind of heart, you can feel the joy of the Lord. You can tell when somebody's heart's right and somebody's mind's right when they worship because it sounds like you have flipped crystal. It's got a unique ring to it. But you can tell when somebody's worshiping and appraising that doesn't have a right heart and a right mind because it just goes thud. <laughs> it's just a bunch of noise when you don't have the right kind of heart and the right kind of mind. But when you start with a prayer of forgiveness, friend, you've got no right to dance. You've got no right to shout. You've got no right to feel God if you've got all in your heart against your sister. You've got no right to rejoice and praise God if you talked about your pastor. You've got no right to rejoice and magnify God if you've kept the phone lines hot. You've got no right to magnify and glorify God if you've run down everybody in the neighborhood. But if your heart's right and your mind's right, you ought to praise and worship and glorify God. Somebody says our church is not what it used to be. My preacher don't preach like he used to preach. Just can't feel nothing. If we get a new song leader, we might have more spiritual service. <laughs> you get somebody else on that piano and organ, maybe, maybe we might, we might be able to have church. <sighs> but all of a sudden, when we come back to the altar, Jesus Christ, our altar. And we start saying, oh, God, forgive me. God, take the wrong out of my heart. All of a sudden, sure enough, what do you know? God's still in the church. The pastor still preaches great. The song leader still leads wonderful. The organ player gets with it. The piano player can play great. Everybody's wonderful. Because why? We got our heart right. And we got our mind right. That's the only way you're going to feel the joy of the Lord. Give me a clean heart and a right spirit. I want to feel God. I want to feel God. I want to feel God. I want to be able to be touched by the Lord. For the borders wise, it's so important that I have the joy of the Lord. Because Nehemiah, the 8th chapter and the 10th verse says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's your strength to have the joy of God on the inside of you. If you don't have the joy of the Lord, you don't have any strength. But when you have the joy of the Lord, there's strength granted unto you. You can sit there in the darkest of, of midnights. You can sit there with the storms billowing all around you. Yes, sir. 
everything going backwards and just start getting to worshiping in the Holy Ghost. Just start a praise in God and slip out into that other world in the Spirit somewhere. And all of a sudden, while the boats are tossing and the waters are rolling, all of a sudden, strength starts slipping in. The problem's not gone, but you feel like you could whip the world. You feel like you could wrap it around your finger because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You hear me, Mama? When you can't go any further, why don't you go in the strength of the joy of the Lord? That's the reason why we have Sunday night hold-downs. It's because we need the strength of the Lord for Monday night darkness. That's the reason why we have revival. That's the reason why we praise and worship. It's because there's Tuesday letdowns and there's Wednesday disappointments and there's Thursday discouragement. But who cares when you've got the joy of the Lord to strengthen and to carry on? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I mean, they just gave notice at the factory that they're laying everybody off. And everybody's mumbling and grumbling on the way out. And here stands one lone apostolic in the middle of all of it. And they say, what in the world are you holding your chin up for and your shoulders squared? And why are you smiling? Don't you know that the factories are shutting down and unemployment is not for eternity and there's not any more jobs in the community? You just say the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When the bills pile up and you don't know where the money's coming from, you just say the joy of the Lord is my strength. When everything looks like it's falling in and the world's collapsing around you, the only way apostolics keep going is we got a geyser on the inside and it don't go on layoff. It don't shut down. It don't go on unemployment. It don't get on welfare. It don't get on disability. But it just keeps on springing up unto everlasting life because there's joy in God's salvation. First Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6 says David was greatly distressed. Now there's nothing wrong with being distressed. The sin is staying there. It's when you stay down there something's wrong. But the Bible says David encouraged himself. Rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in the God of my salvation. I may not have a home, but I got God. I may not know where I'm going, but I got his salvation. Everything may be dark, but I can still feel him and go in the strength of the joy of the Lord. The book of Psalms 149, Brother Elder, if you would, verses 1 through 4. I want you to read it loud and clear to us tonight. Psalms 149 and verse number 1 through 4. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I don't feel like it. I'm depressed. I'm despondent. I'm discouraged. I'm down. I'm out. I don't feel like praising the Lord. Read. 
Sing unto the Lord a new song. I don't feel like doing that either. I'd rather hum some old sad song than sing some old happy melody. I'd rather drag my lip than, than sing a new song unto God. You understand? I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm down. I'm out. I'm, I'm despondent. Read. Oh, you preaching good. And his praise in the congregation of the saints. And don't expect me to get with it when I come to church because I don't feel like it. Just be glad I'm here. That's about the way they looked the last two nights. <laughs> just, just, just be glad that I've come. Don't expect me to clap my hands in the congregation of the saints. Don't expect me to raise my hands. And don't expect me to worship and praise God because I'm depressed, depressed, depressed. Don't let you ever forget it. I am depressed. I'm despondent. I'm discouraged. I want the whole world to know it. Read. Mm. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. I wish I wasn't even born. I wish I wasn't even living. I feel so down and out. Life is so bad and mean. I wish that I didn't even exist. Read. My, my. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. I'd be better off to sit on my own throne than let him sit. As long as I was sitting on my throne, I didn't feel like this. Now I got him, I, I really feel bad. I, I, I wish I had control of my life and, and everything was all right. Read. Mm -hmm. Let them praise his name in the dance. I don't feel like crawling, let alone dancing. I, I, I don't even feel like putting one foot in front of the other. I, I, I don't even feel like taking any baby tottering steps. I, I, I am depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm despondent. I'm down. I'm out. I, I'm, I'm fed up. I, I'm ready to commit suicide. Read. Boy, if he ain't preaching, you can throw me out. Praise God. Let them sing praise unto him with the tambourine and the harp. I don't even feel like making music unto God. I don't feel like praising him. I don't feel like singing to him. I don't feel like glorifying him. I don't feel like making any kind of music unto him because I am depressed. Read. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let them sing aloud upon the bed. I believe you missed a verse. Back up just a little bit, Brother Elder. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Do you mean God enjoys me being happy? Right. You mean God likes me feeling good? Right. You right. mean God likes me smiling? Yeah. You mean God likes me to be happy? Right. You mean God wants me to rejoice? Yes. Now you can believe it like you want to believe it. It's your prerogative to be wrong if you want to be. But I really believe when the children of Israel went across the Red Sea and they got on the other side and Miriam got her tambourine out and they got to rejoice and praise and magnify and glorify God. I really believe God looked out of heaven all the way down on the beautiful side of the children of Israel and he punched his angels and said, I did that for them. I'm the one that gave them that. They're praising because I did that. He taketh pleasure in the praises and the rejoicing of his people. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be glad. He wants you to magnify him. He wants you to lift up his name. Glory. Read. He will beautify. He will beautify the meek with salvation. With salvation. 
salvation. When you can't sing a new song unto him, you need another dose of salvation. When you can't dance before him, you need another dose of salvation. When you can't make music unto him, you need another dose of salvation. When you can't be joyful in your king, you need another dose of salvation. Because joy and salvation go hand and in hand. I feel joy here tonight. I feel joy here tonight. You see, there's nothing wrong with the church. And there's nothing wrong with the people that goes to the church. And there's nothing wrong with the leadership of the church. And there's nothing wrong with anybody else. I'll tell you what's wrong. Is we haven't got a genuine dose of God's salvation. Because if we'll ever get it, friend, we'll have joy that can't be plugged. We'll have a geyser that can't be stopped. We'll have a well that just won't quit flowing when you get a real genuine dose of old-fashioned Bible salvation. Right. The devil told some of you before you got here tonight. He told you you wasn't going to feel nothing. <laughs> what some of y'all smiling for? I'm feeling like going. Hallelujah. You just going to go and listen to a little old blonde-headed, blue-eyed evangelist spit and sputter and get That's wet right. and sloppy. You've been doing all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> you ain't going to feel nothing. You ain't going to get nothing. You ain't going to have nothing. I'm sorry, devil. I don't need any Bathsheba's. I don't need any career success. I don't need no achievement. Because I want you to know I've got everything I need right here in the Holy Ghost. If some of y'all get your mind off of making a good job, if some of y'all get your mind right now off of having a good name, if some of y'all get your mind off right now driving some cars and building some homes and putting together some careers, you could feel the joy of God's salvation. But it's the devil's business tonight to preoccupy you. It's the devil's business tonight to keep you from feeling it. I want you to know just because he can't walk in it don't mean I can I can and I'm going to. He may not get to walk by the throne, but I'm going to walk by it. He may not get the evangelic goosebumps, but I'm going to. He may not feel nothing, but that don't mean it's not real. Then it's real. It's real. It's real. This apostolic blessing, it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. woman whether you can still feel it friend I want you to know you can if you just get another touch of God's salvation you can feel the joy of the Lord if I was you right now standing in your shoes I would not wait another second to throw my hands in the air forget my wife forget my husband forget my children and everybody around me and say God I want to feel you like I did when the ark came 
run through a troop and leap over a wall. I want to feel you like I could before I met Bathsheba. I want to feel you like I did before I lost the joy. I want to feel you again, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God's trying to beautify somebody tonight with salvation. God's trying to beautify somebody tonight with salvation. This joy I feel, Jesus give to me. This joy I feel, Jesus give to me. Jesus give it and the world can't take it away. This joy I feel, Jesus give it to me. This joy I feel, Jesus give it to me. This joy I feel, Jesus give it to me. Jesus give it, and the world can't take it away. Sing it, church. This joy. Jesus, give it to me, this joy I feel. Jesus, give it to me, this joy I feel. Oh, come on! How can a man of God give it to you any better than what you've got it tonight? What are you going to do? Stand up there? He can only give you so much, then pick it up and run with it. Between you and anything else. Oh, and you came here wanting to feel it. Why don't you tell the devil to peddle his papers? Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God.